Greetings to all of my brothers and sisters in Christ. You are listening to Shepherd's Gate Christian Ministries Prepare the People, a podcast for troublesome times. I am your host, the ever joyful Brother Nathan Waldron. And for this episode, I am pleased to be presenting a message brought to us by the highly esteemed Brother Aldwin Nathan. We ask that you will pardon the audio in this message because we were unable to record in the studio. Nevertheless, we believe that what is being said here will be beneficial to you in your Christian journey as you strive to perfect holiness before the Lord. Praise be to God. Well, the Lord has laid a message on my heart once again, and this has just been a reoccurring theme in my heart, my mind, uh, a couple of weeks now, and I wanted to share this, because it's a message that I don't hear other people talking about or, or preaching about. Um, I think it's a very important message. And it's interesting, I really don't hear people speaking much on this. And it's something that's necessary. It's a necessary part of our Christian life and our walk with the Lord. The subject is forgiveness. And I'm talking about our willingness to forgive those who have wronged us. And it's important to understand how this works. Because forgiveness is something that's hinged. And I'll explain what I mean by that. Um, Well, I'll explain it now. It means that our capacity to forgive is a pivotal factor in our being forgiven. Why don't we get into the scriptures on this a little bit? Uh, Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through 35, Jesus told a parable about this. Let's let's read this. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to seventy times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him ten thousand talents. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that they had, and that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. 
So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that they had all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. So my heavenly Father will also do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Now this is a heavy thing. You see what I mean now when I say that our capacity to forgive is a pivotal factor in being forgiven. That's what I mean when I say this thing is hinged. It's like a contract where someone is saying, if you do this, I will do that. But if you do not do this, then I am under no obligation to do that. You have to understand, from God's viewpoint, we received mercy. So God rightly expects us to be merciful. But I believe that God delights in showing mercy to the merciful. He has a special place in his heart for those who have compassion in their hearts. In other words, we weren't just saved for ourselves. Yes, Jesus loves me, but he didn't save me just for me. He saved me that I could be a godly example and a reflection of him to everyone in my sphere of influence. It's kind of like a, a poor, hungry beggar who found a, an unlimited supply of bread. Does he just sit there and eat himself fat? Or does he go out and tell all the other beggars he can find where they can find this unlimited source of bread? It's, it's basically one or the other for us as Christians. We're either going to be selfish and say, okay, well, hey, look, I'm, I'm just a fat little baby. I, I go to church, I'm saved, and that's all that matters. Or we're going to actually seek to reflect Christ in the way we live. You see, God is not mocked or fooled. He sees through pretense and hypocrisy. He looks at our hearts. Our hearts must reflect the heart of our Savior. If you are knocking on heaven's door and you want to come in, he has to recognize you as one of his own. And if your heart isn't in the right place, you're not reflecting Christ. How does he know you? In fact, throughout the scriptures, you see what Jesus said at, at times, I don't know you. I don't, I don't want to go knocking on heaven's door and Jesus tell me, I don't know you. I want to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. You know, I knew a man once in Jamaica, many years ago, and he was a churchgoer. I didn't say he was a Christian. I said he was a churchgoer. And the reason I say that is because he had an unforgiving heart. 
he was he was always in church. He was a regular church attender, but he had an unforgiving heart. And this came up one day when some other brother was mentioned, and he you could tell he had a venom towards this other brother. So I said to him, you really need to try and find a way to forgive him. And he said, no, I'll never forgive him. Now, I never asked him what the man did. I knew that this was a, a, a situation where this man was poisoning his own well, so to speak, by his unforgiving attitude. And I said, no, you really need to try to find a way to forgive him. He said, no, I'll never forgive him. So I said, let me ask you a question. Do you want to see this man in heaven or in hell? He thought for a minute. He said, I'm not going to forgive him. I said, said, look, it's very simple. If you want to see him in heaven, you will pray for him. You will intercede for him. You will forgive him. And God, by his mercy and grace, may unite the two of you together in brotherly love in the kingdom of God. However, if you want to see him go to hell, it shows that your heart is not in the right place. And hell is probably where you'll see him, because that's where you'll be. There was silence, and I just walked away. I left him with that. You see, the Bible is a two-edged sword. And this gives you an example of what it means, the Bible is a two-edged sword. It cuts both ways. There's so much in the Bible that's hinged. You know, I've I have led people to Christ. I'm an evangelist. I've led people to Christ. And there are many people who, who thank me. They said, you know what? I never understood it before. Now I, I get it. You, you've explained it so well. And I said, well, don't thank me too soon because it's a two-edged sword. I just handed you the keys to the kingdom. I told you how to be saved. I showed you the promises of God regarding changing you from the inside out. I've given you testimony of what he's done in my life. I've handed you the keys to the kingdom, basically. But I've also done something else. I've reserved for you a seat or a place in hell. If you're obedient to the word of God that I've just shared with you, that's, that's an open door to the kingdom. But if you're disobedient or you reject it, I've pretty much guaranteed you a spot in hell because now you can't say, I didn't know. You see how the Bible's a two-edged sword? But I don't know if this man ever reconciled with the other man. But I, I told him what the stakes were. What was at stake here with his unforgiving heart? You see, if we truly are children of God, we will reflect God. We will reflect the Son of God, His example. Jesus forgave even from the cross. In John 3.17, Jesus said, For God sent the Son into the world, not to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Jesus came to save us. But one of the evidences that we are saved is that we are changed. We reflect Him. Not our 
selfish, worldly, fleshly nature. We reflect the heavenly nature of the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. You know, in, um, let's see, thinking of Acts uh, chapter 7 with um, Stephen. Uh, Stephen was stoned to death. In Acts chapter 7, verse 59 and 60, it reads, And they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. They were stoning him. And Stephen said, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. Stephen's heart was in the right place. They were stoning him to death. Do you know, years ago, as I was praying to God, I remembered um, a couple of young men that robbed uh, robbed me and a friend of mine uh, one day in Boston. And as I remembered them, I got on my knees and started praying for them. And as I was praying for them, the Spirit of the Lord just moved me to pray for everyone who had wronged me in any way. What I ended up doing was asking God not to hold it against them. I said, God, if anybody goes to hell, let it not be for anything that they've done against me or my family, whether in thought, in word, or in deed because I forgive them wholeheartedly, even as you've forgiven me. I said, do not even bring it up against them on the day of judgment. Don't even bring it up on the day of judgment. They may still go to hell, but it won't be because of anything they did to me, because I've forgiven them. That was Stephen's heart. Stephen said, hold not this sin against them. Don't even bring it up against them. If they go to hell, it's for something else but I forgive them for what they've done to me. I can't forgive them for what they've done to others necessarily. I mean, you have to, um, you have to deal with that in your heart. But as far as I'm concerned, anyone who has wronged me or my family, I've forgiven them. Now, I'm going to share another scripture with you. It's in uh, John chapter 6. No, no, no. What am I thinking of? Um, Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 and 15. Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 and 15. Jesus was speaking and he said, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. It's it's hinged. It's contractual. In other words, if he saved you and you're selfish about it, you're unmerciful, you, you don't reflect Christ, then you're not really saved and you shouldn't expect anything from the Lord because all you're doing is playing a game. You're being a hypocrite. That's it. You're being a hypocrite. God saved you. God forgave you. 
you also must forgive. Go and do likewise. Well, that's the, the message for today. And I, you know, I have to quickly add a, a caveat. When I say to forgive, you have to realize if you are in a situation where someone is abusing you, where someone is hurting you, taking unfair advantage of you, and so forth, you don't have to stay in that. You can get out. The Bible says to forgive. But it also says that a wise man sees danger and hides himself. If someone is putting your life in danger, someone is taking advantage of you, you know, someone is a liar, well, you have to you have to avoid them. Someone is a thief, you have to you have to hide your goods. You know, someone is abusing you, you have to hide yourself. You have to get away from that situation. And I'm saying this because there are many people who think that uh, forgiveness is, is basically where I just have to be a whipping post for for any um, demonic spirit or, or anyone that wants to abuse me in any way. That's not true. You know, <clears throat> I remember a time many years ago, I was talking a, a, about a woman that I knew, and I was sharing with uh, two older Christian friends that... Uh, I loved her, but I didn't trust her. And they said, oh, no, no, if you if you love someone, you have to trust them. Love, trust. And I said, no, I love her, but I do not trust her. And they insisted, no, if you love someone, you have to trust them. And they were older than me in, in the Lord. and But I knew I was right, but I had to just let it go. And later... Sometime later, the Lord showed me that I was right. Now, I'll give you an example. If you have a son or a daughter who is addicted to hard drugs, they're heroin addict and fentanyl, cocaine, whatever barbiturates they're into, they're, they're a drug addict. You love them. They're your flesh and blood. But you cannot trust them. You certainly cannot leave your pocketbook or your wallet around where they can get it. So it is possible to love someone and not trust them. That's an example. But I'll give you an example from the scriptures as well. In John chapter 2, verses 24 and 25, it was speaking of Jesus, it said, But Jesus did not commit himself to them, because he knew all men. And he had no need that anyone should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. Now everyone knows the Lord loves us. Jesus loves us. But it says he did not trust himself to us. He knows what's in our flesh. He knows the evil that we're capable of. We're all capable. Ever since Adam and Eve fell, we're capable of the utmost of good, the utmost of evil. You see people doing terrible things and they're on the news or whatever. We're not for the grace of God. That would be you and me. Okay? So Jesus loves us, but don't think that he he trusts man. He knows what's in man. He knows the struggle. He knows what our flesh is capable of. So if you find yourself in a situation where there's someone uh, hurting you, abusing you, taking uh, advantage of you in some way, you can get out. That doesn't mean you're not a Christian. It doesn't mean you're not loving. Love them. 
forgive them. Definitely forgive them and pray for them. But protect yourself, protect your children, get out of bad situations. Okay, so that's just a caveat so that we don't uh, have a misunderstanding regardless. Loving someone and forgiving them is not the same as letting them abuse us. Okay, well, I guess that's enough for today. All right? So uh, God bless you. Stay prayerful and stay well. Amen? Amen.